going to prioritise keeping their players they've got now rather than strengthening while they are so strong? Uh, no, I mean, listen. The, if you think of, you know, since since the the new group came in, other other than than Allison and Van Dyke, it's all a it's all been about strategy and uh, and good, you know, good scouting. Uh, it's about good, you know, value for money. And so they're not going to just all of a sudden blow all that out the window and just start throwing money around. Uh, yes, this is the time to shine. Um, but you know, I guess they're saying, well, you know, are you going to pay what was it, seventy million for a, for a guy who may not start? You know, I think if you look at Van Dyke and Allison, you're Klopp, you're saying, look, can you pay this money because they're starting? You know, if I'm if I'm in charge and I'm paying seventy million for a guy who probably wouldn't start, then I'm I'm going to question it. So. I think you have to look at what they've done, um, the Fenway group, up until now, and go along with it. Stevie, it's been a long time since Liverpool last won the league, and of course they're going to win the league quite comfortably, but it's going to be a bit anticlimactic. They're not going to get to do it in front of their fans. Um, It's going to be in empty stadiums. Uh, They've been sort of robbed in this shutdown, haven't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean... Not just not just not being able to get it at Anfield, but you know, away from home. You know, there'd be no parade, and and these are all. We're all pros, and we all have a job to do. Uh, but the the kind of icing on the cake is when you get those moments, when the final whistle goes, and your fans are there. You've won the league, and you get to get on the bus and you go around the city with half a million people. You know, these are these are the little extras that that come along with being a pro, you know, because you have to do your job and what Liverpool have done better than anybody else is, is do the job this season. But they're going to miss out on all the all the real all the real memorable stuff that, that, that sticks with you for the rest of your life. In in terms of playing behind closed doors, it's 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 a strange thing. I know they've been putting crowd noise in in different countries. That may happen in the Premier League as well. In your career, Stevie, did you ever play behind closed doors at all? And if so, what was it like? Um, not a proper game. Uh, I've certainly played in games where there was nobody bothered to turn up to watch. Does that does that count? <laughs> <laughs> three, men, three men and a dog. Does that count the same? <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's. I can't imagine. Uh, I, I haven't been involved in a proper game with, with no fans, uh, and so I find it difficult to imagine. But it was kind of, you know, it's kind of, you know, reiterating the point I made right at the very beginning. This is this is going to be about mental toughness more than anything else. And you know, nobody can question Liverpool's mental toughness, and so that in the end will pull them through. The fact that they've got so many games in hand as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's about mental toughness, and, and and that's what will get them through in the end. One of the things, of course, David, that Jurgen Klopp's done such a job of is bringing through young players in that six 0 win against Blackburn. He had young Jack Keane playing, Leighton Clarkson playing, Jack Keane scored, of course. Who are the young players we should be looking out for coming through the academy at Liverpool? Do you know after after what's happened during the season with Liverpool's run in the FA Cup? Particularly, mm-hmm. 
it's very tough to pick one out because there's four, five, and six that are absolutely look as though they're on a level where, given the opportunity, they can maybe step up. Now, the, the tough thing is going to be for these young guys to get that chance um, in the Premier League, for example. Um, but I, I honestly couldn't. I couldn't turn around and say, "Oh, that this guy here, you need to watch him." They've they've got a plethora of players, and and I'm and I'm assuming that very soon a lot of them are going to go out on loan, and and maybe you'll see them playing uh, actually in the Premier League, but just not for Liverpool yet. So I'm not, I wouldn't I wouldn't hang my hat on anybody in particular. I th- I just think they've got so many coming through. It's it's fantastic for the club. As a fellow Scott, I'm interested to get your opinion on on Andy Robertson. For me one of the best left-backs in the world, if not the best. How how does it feel watching him? And, and I know he, he wound you up on ESPN to pretend he didn't know you. Talk us through that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was Alexis put him up to that. <laughs> I think, you know, I think he's actually, he's actually benefited from playing in a team like Hull, for example, where he had to defend for his life pretty much every time they played in the Premier League. And so that 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 defence that you see from him when he's with a Liverpool shirt on, it's fantastic because going forward he's immense. And look at the other side of the field with Trent Alexander. Maybe had Trent had some of the upbringing that Andy had as far as defending concerned, then you you maybe would be looking at two two perfect fullbacks because right now one could go. One is absolutely mad going forward in Trent Alexander-Arnold, but he's not a great defender. Whereas you've got Andy, who's brilliant defensively and brilliant going forward. So I think Andy's benefited uh, hugely from from putting the miles in previously uh, at places like Hull and obviously at home, uh, with likes of Queen's Park before he came down to, to, to England. So he's... He's a real hybrid, really. You know, you could stick him in an old-fashioned four-four-two team, but you can play him in the Liverpool team right now that looks to get the fullbacks forward. Stevie Everton on Sunday, of course, we've got a glimpse of what football looks like behind closed doors. Looking at the Bundesliga, uh, but the fact that there is no crowd is that tainted the way you're looking forward to this game, or are you looking forward to it as much as always? <sighs> Do you know, I need to watch what I'm saying here. I was about to say that you know. Playing against Everton now is not exactly what it used to be. <laughs> it's not, you know, regardless of where Everton were, you knew you were in for a battle at the very least, mm-hmm. and and they can't do that now. You know, the way the, the way the games played, the way the games refereed, you, you can't impose your physicality on anybody. Uh, and so I'm, I can honestly say that it's not a game that I, I look I look to with trepidation anymore. You know, you never, you, you never used to be quite sure what was going to happen. But nowadays, I can't honestly say that. I'll be, I'll be very surprised if Liverpool don't win. Uh, and actually, if they, if they drew, it would be, it would be more of a surprise. Another thing we need to get your, your views on, Stevie, the top four chase. Who do you think makes it out of Leicester, United, Chelsea, Spurs, and Arsenal? If you had to choose two. Um, well, I think Leicester's going to make it. I think the if, if anybody's benefited from this break, it was them. I think Leicester were beginning to feel it a little bit, uh, and so I think this break might have helped them, you know, refocus again. 
So I, I think the I think the top three are, are, are done and dusted. City, Liverpool, and uh, and Leicester. After that, it's a it's a real tough one, a real tough one. You know, Chelsea. Chelsea have looked more. I was going to say consistent, but again, before the before the shutdown, they were beginning to look a little ragged as well. I mean, Manchester United—you don't know what you're going to get. You really, you really don't. Is it is it possible that a Wolves or somebody can can sneak in? Uh, I don't think Arsenal's getting any chance in the top four. Um, I think I think I'd probably, I think if you push me, I'd probably go with Chelsea. Stevie. God's sake. <laughs> Let me ask you about oh, Arsenal. On, Phil. Hey, Phil, I know you're a Man United fan, but let's be honest. I mean, you really know what you're going to get. I just put the Prozac down 300 days ago, for God's sake. Now you're getting me back on it again. Let me ask you about Arsenal because it's a massive football club in total disarray. Uh, I'll be Yang once out. You've got Mikel Arteta come in. Uh, doesn't look like he's going to get backed by ownership. What the hell is going on at that football club? Well, well, you know, the best teams and the best clubs, the only thing that matters is what happens on a Saturday afternoon with the first team. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't see, from the outside looking in, it doesn't look as though that's where Arsenal, or what Arsenal is all about. You know, it seems to yeah. be more... We're always, we're always talking about money. It's always about value for money, not paying over, not overpaying, and and the stadium, and and it's always everything apart from football. I mean, I think they, I think they, they made a great move in getting Arteta because that, that certainly for a period of time, I guess we were talking about football because it was Arteta, but that's only going to last so long. They they need to back him. Uh, he seemingly knows what he's doing. He talks, he t- says all the right things. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you've got a team, for example, that can't defend, then the only thing's going to happen is you're going to lose goals. So you can pass the ball as nicely as you like, and you can look good going forward. But if you're shipping goals in, then you're in trouble. Uh, and so Arteta, no question, as much as anybody needs to get some reinforcements at the back. Because you know they'll always pass it well under hikes of hand. And you know they'll always create chances. But, as I said, you, you ship goals in and expect to get anywhere. Staying in North London, Stevie, Spurs and Mourinho, what's been your impression of Josie Spurs so far? In my opinion, it's been a bit of a damp squib. What's your thoughts? I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, I don't see any change whatsoever. I really don't. Um, I mean, again, from the outside, Josie Lukes has always lost that little bit of magic that he had previously. You know, every time you spoke about Josie and his first decade of management, it was about how much the players loved him, how we looked after them, how it was all about them. And he's turned into this, like, self-centred monster that, that when things go wrong, won't take any criticism and blames his players. I mean, that's a recipe for, for disaster. When you've got a dressing room that thinks the manager is only going to blame you when it goes wrong, and when it goes right, take credit. Yeah. That that doesn't get you anywhere. 
Let me ask you before you go, Stevie, about the bottom three. <clears throat> Anyone from Brighton down could go down. Villa have a game in hand, of course. They're second from bottom. Um, who do you think will go down? Yeah. I think Norwich are a definite. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think Norwich and Villa will go down. I think after that, as you said, there's there's three or four that are really hanging in the balance. Um, you know, again, again, I was talking about Leicester benefiting from this from this shutdown. Maybe Bournemouth might benefit because they were they were absolutely on the bare bones. They had. They had about 13 fit players at one stage. So this might have given them an opportunity to get players back. But I think I think Bournemouth can only stay up one way, and that's by playing football. And when you're down there, it's tough to do that. Certainly from a mental standpoint, because you're going into every game looking over your shoulder, wondering what's going to happen. You know, and it, we all love playing football when the pressure's off. And you can go out, you can run around and take a couple of touches and it all looks great. But when the pressure's on and you have to do that to win because they can't win any other way, in my opinion. I think maybe Bournemouth's a team that, that after so many years against the odds staying in the Premier League, I think Bournemouth just might be the team that goes down. Um, go ahead, Cam, go ahead. Uh, one very quick question, Stevie, before we let you go. Um, on another Liverpool legend and Steven Gerrard, um, how do you think he's going to fare next season the Celtic go for 10 in a row? I know you're a boyhood Rangers fan. <laughs> um, you know what? If he gets the players, then he'll... he'll you know, he's got a mentality. He's got, he's got a, a real strong personality, a real winning mentality. Um, and so if he's given the funds to get the players in then I think it's a matter of time before Rangers win the Premier League. Now, whether they do it to stop the 10 in a row, I guess isn't going to happen. Um, but if they back him, then, then I think he, he definitely would get Rangers back at the top of the pile again. Unfortunately, unfortunately, there's nobody alive that would be able to get your team Morton. The person hasn't been born yet. <laughs> the person's not been born yet. <laughs> well, I will leave it between you two, Scotsman. Scott, uh, Stevie, thanks very much for taking the time to join us, mate. And uh, stay safe. Thanks very much for everything. All right, boys. No problem. Cheers. Cheers. Bye bye.